I want to invite you to turn with me this morning to John chapter 13. You're going to have to actually turn because I didn't give upstairs this uh, passage to read earlier or to post on the screen. So I want to invite you to turn and be there with us. Guest, you've picked a great day to be with us. We had the ordinance of baptism this morning. We're going to have the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. So we get to observe both ordinances in this worship experience today. Uh, and I just want to share, in case you missed it, <clears throat> we uh, don't normally wear Western wear as a theme, but uh, that's uh, uh, requested by the planning team to uh, uh, honor David and Martha Smith today. I had to rake and scrape to find my pair of blue jeans and try to make them look Western because I don't really have anything Western. So we just kind of had to had to improvise and, and, and make do as we go. But some of you got into it, and you look great. And, uh, and so thank you very much. But as we turn to, to this passage and put our focus on examining our hearts and remembering what Jesus did for us and obeying the command to do this in remembrance of me, uh, let's read this passage together. Follow with me as I read in John chapter 13, 1 through 17. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself." After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. And Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part of me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, You are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well... For so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. We're celebrating today, of course. 37 years of faithful service, and we see this picture of servanthood here in John chapter 13. I was, I was in a grocery store the other day. I know that surprises you, because I rarely go to the grocery store and talk about it, and that's a joke, because uh, that's a great outreach opportunity. I've been handing out vacation Bible school cards in the grocery store, but I was standing in line, and I noticed in the line next to me, uh, this elderly lady with her hands full. She was like me. She went in to get one or two things and apparently got more than than she could hang on to. And that's kind of the same shape I was in. And she asked the lady in front of her, would you mind if I just place this on the conveyor belt? Because I'm about to, this is about to drop. And the lady in front of her was very unkind and said, no, you have to wait your turn. And the lady in front of me stepped up and I was processing this, trying to think, well, that wasn't very nice. Trying to think, what, what do we do? 
the lady in front of me left the line, left her place in line, said, here, let me help you. Let's just put it right here on this, on this uh, soda uh, stand, and then we can help you move it to the conveyor belt. So she, she helped her take the stuff and, and put it on the, on the stand as the other lady finished in front of her. And, uh, and then she got back in line in front of me, and I just kind of leaned up, and I said, that was so kind. And she said, I just want to be a servant. I just want to help people where I can. I just, want to, I just want to serve. And I said, you've got to be a believer. I mean, it's just all over you. Well, we find here in John chapter 13 this picture of servanthood. And as we prepare to take the Lord's Supper, what do we see here? What do we need to think about? Well, first of all, Jesus, Jesus fulfilled his commitment. We see in verse 1 that uh, uh, he, he knew his hour. You see how John put this? His hour had come. Jesus knew His hour had come. He, he knew that He would depart from this world. He would rejoin His heavenly Father. He knew that the end of His earthly life was over. He knew that this chapter was closing. He, he knew that, uh, uh, that, that His earthly life was ending. But this, this is what He came for. He knew this moment that He was about to face was uh, the reason that He was born. He, as He gathered His closest followers in the upper room, He did so with the cross looming over him. He came to die for us, and he followed through on that commitment for which he came. The gospel state that there came a moment in Jesus' ministry in which he set his face toward Jerusalem. He set his face toward Jerusalem. He deliberately and intentionally set out for Jerusalem because it was time to fulfill the mission for which he had come. It was time to to place Himself on the cross. He came to die on the cross, to sacrifice for us so that we could have forgiveness and and eternal life. Someone had to pay the penalty. Why did He do that? Because of sin. Sin separated mankind from a right relationship with God. And someone had to pay the price to to make things right, to, to pay for that sin and that rebellion once and for all. And that someone was Jesus. That is why He was born. That is why He came. That is why he died. He fulfilled his commitment. But not only that, second, he he demonstrated his priority. You remember that classic statement in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, for the Son of Man has come not to be served, but to serve and to give himself as a ransom for many. And serve he did. Jesus was all about service whether he was healing the sick, whether he was making the blind see, whether he was making the lame walk again. He loved the children and he blessed them. He, he reached out and identified and associated with those that society rejected. He fed people. And on this night, he, he took that towel, he took that basin, and he went from this person to this person to this disciple to this disciple And he washed their dirty, grimy feet. Showing them humility. Showing them what a servant looks like. Setting a powerful example for us to to serve. Dwight L. Moody said, The measure of a man is not how many servants he has, but how he serves. You may want to write that down. Not how many servants he has, but how he serves serves. Jesus had already taught that if a man wants to be great, he must be servant of all. And, and on this night, 
Jesus demonstrated that servant priority. Gerald Harris, retired editor of the Christian Index, told about an experience he had as a college student. Teams of college students were were sent to lead revival services in various churches, and he he was the preacher on his youth revival team. His team came to Atlanta to lead a weekend revival at Druid Hills Baptist Church, back when that church was a strong, strong church where Louis D. Newton served as pastor. Newton was the leading preacher of his day. So this had to be somewhat of an humbling experience for for Gerald Harris to be able to preach in Louis Newton's pulpit. Druid Hills was a prestigious church, and, and Gerald had the privilege of staying in Dr. Newton's home. During the night, Dr. Newton sneaked into Harris's bedroom and, and took his shoes and shined them and polished them. And when Harris awoke the next morning, Dr. Newton came into his room and gave him his, his freshly polished, shined shoes and said, I got up early this morning and, and shined your shoes for you. I want you to know how honored we are to have you in our home. The mark of a great person is a servant spirit. But not only that, third, Jesus presented a great example. Look at verse 15. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verse 17. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Now, Jesus very subtly points out a very, a, a very powerful point. It's one thing to know. It's another thing to take what we know to do and apply it and be obedient and do it. So we know we need to be serving. We know we need to be loving people. We know that we're about loving people into a, 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 a loving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, a radical relationship with Jesus. We, we know we are to, to be about our Father's business and, and to share our lives and to share life itself in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus showed us how to do that. He set the standard. Let me ask you something. Who is your model? Is it somebody from the world? Is it somebody from Hollywood? Is it somebody who is uh, uh, at the top of popular culture? After whom do you set your life? Do you pattern your life? It, it has to be Jesus. We have to ask ourselves this morning, does my life look like the life of Jesus? I heard about a Sunday school director we call small group Bible study grow groups in our church who was known for his interest in people, all people. He was a people person. He loved people, young people, old people, rich people, poor people, men, women, children. He just loved folks, and he was always concerned about people's spiritual condition. He wanted to make sure that they knew Jesus and was going to heaven when they died. So he stopped a little boy at the water fountain one Sunday, and he asked, young man, do you know what it means? to be a Christian. And the little boy's answer startled him. The boy replied, yes, sir, I know what it means to be a Christian. Then, son, what is it? What does it mean to be a Christian? And here's what the boy said. It means to trust in Jesus and then to be just like you. That was the greatest compliment the Sunday school director had ever had been given in his life. Oh, 
Oh, that people would look at our lives and see Jesus. Oh, that, that people would look at our lives and see kingdom priorities. Oh, that people would look at our lives and see us seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and trusting that all of these things shall be added unto us. As we take the Lord's Supper this morning, as we gather figuratively at the table, as we pass the elements and, and take the bread representing His body and, and the juice representing the blood that was shed for the remission of our sins, think about how much Jesus people see in your lives. Was your Jesus showing this past week? Will your Jesus show when you go home today, when you stop by the restaurant, when you stop by the store, when you, when you uh, have encounters with folks? Are, are you a, a servant? Do you look for ways to give of yourself to help people in the name of Jesus? Not because you're a good person, but because you're a Jesus person? Do you strive to follow the example of Jesus? Do others see Jesus in you? As we examine our hearts this morning, seeing if there's anything in our hearts, in our lives that do not reflect well on Jesus, that does not reflect well, anything that we need to confess, anything we need to confront, to make sure that we're right with God and right with each other before we take these elements that we're about to pass and about to partake. I encourage you, if you know Jesus, if you're saved, if you've followed through in believers' baptism, what a great example Jakari set this morning, scriptural baptism to join with us in this moment of worship, this act of obedience, this, this moment of self-examination, to uh, do this in remembrance of me.